Hey, if you're ready to talk about relationships, say, oh yeah. All right. Hey, good night, everybody. We'll see you. Come on. What was that? Let's try it again. Come on. Entertain me a little bit here. If you're ready to talk about relationships, say, oh yeah. All right. That was still pathetic, but it's all right. I love you anyway. Hey, so last week we started a relationship or series, a relationship series called Relationship Goals. Yeah, all right. And it was awesome. And, uh, and here's the deal with this series over the next five weeks or a five-week series. We want to help you guys. All right, we want to come alongside and help you set some realistic goals and some great goals for relationships so that you can experience what we believe is God's best. So that you can experience healthy relationships. Because I do believe, and maybe some of you guys don't believe this, but I do believe this for you. Is that you can experience an incredible marriage one day. If that's a part of what God has for you, is is to get married one day, then I believe that you can experience an incredible marriage. I believe that the relationships that you are in currently and that you will be in over the next few years, that they can be healthy relationships. That they can be things that are, rather than feeling like they're sucking the life out of you, they can be relationships that give you a lot of encouragement and life and value and all of that kind of stuff. So I believe that for you. And so that's why we're doing this series. We want to come alongside and help you in that, in that goal and in that desire. Because relationships are a big deal. I mean, all of us, especially for your generation, man, you guys spend so much time and energy thinking about relationships and spending time thinking about that guy or that girl or talking to that guy or that girl or texting with that guy or that girl or snapping with that guy or the girl, whatever that looks like for you, all right? We spend so much time and energy in relationships and thinking about relationships because they matter, they're important to us. And so with something that we find so much value in and put so much importance on, then it's one of those things that we wanna help them be a source of happiness and joy rather than be a cause for a lot of pain in your life. And so that's why we're in this series and what we want to hope, hope to accomplish um, as we go through this series. So last week, Tyler started the, uh, the series off and showed a, a video proposal that he didn't actually propose in and, um, and talked a little bit about his relationships growing up and his relationship currently with his fiance, Hannah, and, uh, and gave us the idea the purpose for relationships, why God made them in the first place, why God gave them to us. And he talked a a little bit about how so many of us are selfish when it comes to our relationships. We make them about what we can benefit from them and what can they, you know, what needs can they meet and how can they benefit our life and how can I use this relationship and manipulate it in such a way that it benefits me and gives me what I want. And so Tyler helped us understand that it's God that created relationships all the way back at the beginning in Genesis chapter two, that God gave relationships to us as a gift, but he gave them to us not to be selfish in, but to use them to serve him and to bring honor and glory to him. So now let me ask you this question as we, as we get started tonight. All right. And you don't have to answer back, but I want you to think about this question. What is it that you want out of relationships? Just think about that for a minute. In other words, what is it that you hope 
that relationships will provide for you. What is it about relationships that matter so much? What is it that, that causes us when we see that Instagram picture that we hashtag relationship goals underneath it? Like, what is it about that picture that we see that we want for our own relationship? What are we trying to accomplish? What is it that we want to receive out of these relationships? So, for example, maybe you have a relationship goal of you want to find that perfect workout partner that you guys can together do leg lunges or whatever that is. I literally don't know what to say about that. I've always wanted a girl that I could lift over my head while I did leg things, <laughs> whatever. Maybe that's a relationship goal that you have, all right? And guys, you better start working out a little bit more, um, as I would have to do if, if I wanted to lift a girl above my head. Um, maybe, maybe a relationship goal that you have is, man, you just on a, on a cold January night, you just want to snuggle up by the fire with a cup of hot chocolate and um, have some really cool winter jammies on and hold hands too. Hold hands with one hand and the hot chocolate with the other. And that equals relationship goals. That's what we want. I got a lot of likes on that one. Maybe that's what you want. Maybe you want for you ladies, you've dreamed of the day. How is your man going to propose to you? What is this going to look like? And don't do it on some jumbotron or whatever at a basketball game or, you know, whatever. But I want... I want that guy to propose to me with the Eiffel Tower in the background. Gosh darn it. That's what I want. And then we're going to Instagram that wedding ring. That's not bad. He done well. Maybe that's a relationship goal that you have. Maybe after hearing Tyler and Hannah's story last night or last week, you guys, that's your relationship goal. So you started following them on Instagram and every time you see a picture, you like it. And in your mind, you're thinking, that's what I want, right? So save the date, guys. November 18th is happening. All of you, it's going to be reckless goes to Tyler and Hannah's wedding. I don't think Tyler's in here. So all of you are invited, okay? We're going to crash that party. We're going to eat all their food. Five course meal. It's going to be amazing, all right? November 18th. Mark your calendars and, uh, and just wait for that invitation because it's coming to all of you, all right? Um, or if you get really old one day, you think long-term and you're like, man, when I get ancient like my, you know, my parents are and you know, when I can barely walk around and stuff like that, and then maybe one day, you know, maybe I, I want to be like Todd and Angie. That one day in my, in my, you know, old age and decrepit self, maybe I'll, maybe you guys are like, dang, if I could get a girl that's half that good looking, I would be happy. I don't know why she was behind me instead of in front of me. She should have been in, in front of me. All right. So maybe that's what it is. But what is it about those pictures that we desire for ourselves? What are those things that we see and we want to emulate in our own relationship? So for many of us, dating relationships are the vehicle that we use to find the one. 
right? That's the purpose. We want to find that one person, the one that there is, God has a, you know, this warehouse and he is manufacturing my significant other, my future husband or my future wife. And, and that is the person for me. And so I'm looking for that one person who's going to meet my needs, who's going to give me butterflies when he or she walks into the room, who's going to make me pancakes every morning for breakfast. That's what I want. I'm looking for that person that will complete me. So we want that, that Disney fairy tale, right? We want that kind of, we have that magical fantasy idea of this perfect relationship that is going to be so amazing and so complete and it's going to, we want to live happily ever after. And all of us want that, right? None of us want to screw up a relationship. None of us, nobody walks down the aisle and goes, man, I really hope that I can screw this whole thing up. Man, I hope that in a couple years, you know, we're just devastated picking up the pieces of the divorce and, you know, just ruining her life and ruining my life. I and mean, that's, that's what I'm hoping for. Like, no, nobody says that. So everybody that gets into a marriage relationship, they envision that. They envision that happily ever after. That's what they want. So then why is it that so many relationships end up in that place? Why is it that there's so much heartache? Why is it that there's so many failed relationships in our lives and in other people's lives around us? Could it be that we're asking a relationship to do more than it's capable of doing? I think some of us, the reason why maybe we struggle so much when it comes to relationships is because we have the wrong perspective. There's a perspective that we've adopted or inherited or just kind of developed that rather than it leading to healthy relationships, enhancing relationships, it actually damages a lot of relationships. And so what I want to do over the next few minutes is just kind of compare some of those things, those perspectives that we may have that actually damage relationships and what I believe God wants us to have. So here's the first one. That, that first kind of that perspective that we have that, that damages relationships is that we look for relationships to give us an identity. We look for relationships to give us an identity. We don't know who we are. So many of us, we struggle with understanding and feeling confident in who we are. And so we think that a relationship is going to give us purpose or it's going to give us an identity. We think that it's going to define us. And so, in fact, there's some of us that feel like, man, if I'm not in a relationship, I'm lost. Like, I literally have to be in a relationship. And so we know those people that will jump from guy to guy to guy or girl to girl because whenever that relationship ends and they feel like, I don't, I'm lost. Like, I don't know what to do if I don't have that relationship because I've, I'm looking for and searching for my identity and who I am in relationships. And so when you and I develop that perspective, when that's the, the outlook that we have, what we're doing is we're basing who we are on a person that may or may not be committed to us long-term. Or another perspective that we have is that we feel like relationships determine our value. And we really struggle with feeling like we have any self-worth. And so what we do is we let that guy or that girl determine that. 
man, we're holding out hope that, man, this relationship hopefully will be different. Hopefully that guy or that girl will treat me the way that I need to be treated. They will show me attention. They will buy me things. They will show me that I'm valuable because without that relationship, I don't see much value to myself. And we go into relationships hoping that that person will be able to show us value that we're not really sure that we really have. Now, I know this goes both ways. Guys, you struggle with this, but, but ladies in here, I know that this especially is difficult for, for many of you. There are some, ladies, for some of you, you will do whatever a guy wants you to do in the hopes that at the end of it, you will find value in that relationship, that that guy will pass on and tell you that you are worthy. And so it doesn't matter, from your standpoint, whatever the cost, as long as at the end of this thing, that guy will stick by me and he will tell me that I'm valuable, he will tell me that I'm worthy, he will show me some kind of value. And I will do whatever it takes for that to happen. And so if that relationship is going well, then we feel like we're all right. But whenever that relationship comes to an end, then our value and our self-worth comes crashing down. And then here's the other perspective. The third perspective is that relationships become the center of our lives. Relationships become the end-all, be-all. That is all we think about. That is the only thing that we care about. We're sitting in class, we're thinking about relationships. We're sitting right now in church. All you're thinking about is that relationship. You can't go to bed at night until you're thinking about that relationship and what that potentially will look like or what that does look like. When that guy or that girl doesn't text you back, you go into panic mode. Like, why, why aren't they texting back now? What's the deal? Did, did I not say that the right way? And so we're constantly, like, we get so caught up in relationships have become the center of who we are. Another way to put it is relationships have become our idol. Relationships have become the only thing we think about. They become the thing that we worship. And they're the thing that we make more important than anything else in our lives. And anytime we put that person, whoever it is, no matter how great, no matter how cute, no matter how many you know, great qualities they have, when we put that, sin, that person at the center of our lives, it's always a recipe for disaster. See, God can and never will bless a relationship when we look to a person to do what only God can do. Now, for me, when I was younger, I had a lot of these perspectives. All right? I find myself in a lot of these, or my my teenage self or whatever. I mean, I, here, here was my standard, all right? For you guys, maybe you can relate with this. Todd, what, teenage Todd, what, what are you looking for in a relationship with a girl? Uh, well, she's gotta be hot. That's, that's a must. And um, she's gotta make me feel good. What else do you want? I don't really care. Is she hot? All right. Then that's a big check that I can, that I can mark off there. 
And does she give me butterflies? Does she make me feel good when she walks in the room? Does she tell me that I look good? Does, you know, all of these kind of things, does she make me feel better about myself? So I spent so much time worrying about whether that girl liked me. I spent so much time wondering whether or not I was gonna go to prom by myself or whether that girl was gonna say yes to me. I spent so much time wondering, should I like buzz cut my hair? Should I like, is she looking in the mirror going, is she really gonna like this crazy curly hair? Probably not. So let's go ahead and shave it today, all right? So I would constantly change who I was trying to be because I thought that that would make girls like me more. Pathetic, I know. And none of you guys do that, I'm sure. So then, and, and again, that was me. That was me for most of high school. And then I started to realize how damaging that perspective was. And I started to discover a different perspective that actually, rather than creating a lot more damage in those relationships, actually helped enhance those relationships. It helped make those relationships better. And so this perspective that I believe that God wants us to have, the first thing is this, is that we understand that God gives us an identity. Rather than us wandering around feeling like I have I don't really know who I am. I'm not really sure that I really belong. I'm not really sure that I have a purpose. And, and not allowing a guy or a girl to define that for us. We ultimately look to Jesus, to God to give us that identity. See, people can love and accept you, but they can't give you life. Jesus is the only one that can do that. People may add value to your life but they can never be and will never be perfect. And only Jesus can be that for us. And so here's the great thing. If if you and I have ever come to that moment in our life where we've put our faith and trust in Jesus as savior. In other words, we've, we've taken a step back and we've understood that our sin separates us from God. And we come to that moment where we realize, God, there's nothing I can do to fix this. God, I've made a mess of my life. I'm a sinner. And God, I am trusting that what you did for me on the cross was enough to forgive me, to make me right with you. And when we have that moment where we put our faith and trust in Jesus as Savior, Jesus defines us and Jesus tells us who we are. Jesus doesn't just stand by and allow other people to kind of, and and the culture and kind of as as things go and ebb and flow for for those people to help define who we are that that could change. It could be this one day and tomorrow it could be something completely different. But Jesus says, no, 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 you're, I'm gonna give you an identity. I'm gonna tell you who you are. And our identity is a, a son or a daughter of God. And so when you and I take a step back and we understand that God gives us our identity, God is the one that defines us. God is the one that tells us who we are. Then we're not lost or feeling empty if we're not in a relationship. We don't feel the need to, oh man, what am I gonna do? I'm not in a relationship right now. So I'm feeling kind of left out on this thing. So I better jump, I better find that guy or that girl that I can get into a relationship with. See, we understand who God says that we are and our hope is anchored in Jesus. I love what Paul David Tripp says 
in New Morning Mercies uh, back in September. Here's what he says. He says, the hope for your relationships is not to be found in you or in the others in those relationships. Hope is found in a third person who has invaded your relationships by his grace. You were never alone in your relationships. He is with you. He is in you. He is for you. And he offers you grace that is up to the task even when you're not. Here's the other perspective that I think God wants us to have is that we allow God to determine our value. We allow God to tell us what we're worth. Since God created us, God's the one that can define us. God's the one that determines our value. He is the one who says what we're worth. And Jesus says that we were worth dying for. Jesus saw enough value and enough worth in us that even when we were sinners, he stepped into our mess, into our sin, and he gave up his life for us. And nothing we can do will ever cause our value to diminish in his eyes. He will never run out on us. He will never leave us. He will never abandon us. And no matter how good you think that human relationship may be, no matter how confident you are that that person's never gonna run out on you, can you really be 100% confident? And the amazing thing is, is that with Jesus, we can be 100% confident that Jesus will never leave us or run out on us. So for you ladies, and I don't want to single you, you ladies out, but I, I know that this is a, a struggle, especially for some of you. And now that I have a, a daughter who's in fifth grade, about to be in sixth grade, now that I look and say, man, I could, I could, I'm old enough to be your dad, I'm, as sad as that is to think. But sometimes I, I look at, at you ladies almost like a, a dad. And I think about what I would want for Carson. And what I would tell her, I think one of the, the things that I've tried to instill in her is the value that she has. That there is no guy that she needs to allow to define who she is. And for some of you ladies who have gone from guy to guy, who have allowed guys to run over you and do whatever they want to do with you and treat you like a piece of trash and then dump you in the end once they're done with you, you will never find value in a guy. But the hope is, is that Jesus looks at you and he says, you have an immense worth, immeasurable worth in my eyes. And my encouragement to you would be not to try to find that value in that guy. Because no guy can give to you what God has already and wants to give to you. Here's the last thing. Is that we allow God to become the center of our lives. Now, for some of us, this may be a major shift in thinking. All right, we haven't really thought about this before. It's like, man, I, I love God and God's a part of my life and I come in and worship and I need a little bit of Jesus, but man, I'm, the relationship, man, that's everything. Man, this person that I, that I wanna be with, and this is, this is everything to me. But until you and I stop centering our lives around an imperfect guy or an imperfect girl and start centering it around a perfect God, we will continue to struggle in our relationships. 
Jesus has to be the one that we center our life around, the one that we make the foundation of who we are. He is the one that we find our identity in. He is the one that we find our value and our significance in. And he is the one that we allow then to guide us into those relationships that will honor him. Here's what Ephesians 3, 18 and 19 says. It says, may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how high, how wide, how long, how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Listen to what he says next. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Paul is saying here, look, you have so much value to God. God loves you so much. He says that you are so worth it that you can't even measure how much God loves you. You can't even comprehend how valuable you are to God. But if you could only understand just what you're able to, you will be made complete. That our lives, if we center them around Jesus, that we don't look to a guy or a girl, that relationship to complete us, but we understand that God is the only thing that completes us. With all the fullness of life and power that comes from God when we center our lives around him. Then once we make God the center of our lives, it also requires us to make God the center of our relationships. And honestly, I'm not sure that we can make God the center of our lives and not allow him to be the center of every relationship that we're in. Whether it be a friendship, whether it be a relationship with our mom and dad, whether it be a relationship with a boyfriend or girlfriend, Jesus has to be the center of every relationship as well. If you and I refuse to make God the center of our lives and the center of any relationship, we've automatically limited how good that relationship can be. Do you guys see that? Like we can still, it doesn't mean that, that every relationship is gonna fail. It doesn't mean that we couldn't stay married to that person one day. But it's only when we make that relationship centered around Jesus that we can experience the fullness that Jesus wants us to experience. Because if we refuse to make God the center, then that relationship is limited to how great we can make it. And you and I can never make anything as great as Jesus can make it. So for me, when I started to understand that perspective and, and, and God allowed me to understand and make him my identity and find value and significance in him and, and let him define my worth, then I no longer looked at relationships as something that I was missing. I no longer tied everything of who I was to that next girl and whether or not she was gonna like me for a month or six months or whether she was gonna find somebody else that would treat her better or that was better looking. I no longer felt like I had to change everything about me to get a girl's attention. And I no longer needed a girl to be the one. Because I began to find my hope and my significance and value in Jesus. And so then when Angie and I met, then all of a sudden I had that healthy perspective. I was then in the best place possible for me 
as a, as a person with my life centered around Jesus to then be able to go into that relationship and, and experience God's best for it. And so for her and I, for the last 18 years, have been able to experience God's best, not because we look to each other to be something that we could never be for each other, but rather because we understood who we were individually, and then we tried to center that relationship around Jesus. And there's no doubt that what Paul said in Ephesians 3 has been true of our relationship. Not because of we're some, something special, but because we were able to allow God to reshape our perspective and give us that perspective that enabled us to experience his best in that relationship. See, a healthy relationship becomes possible when we center our lives around the one rather than the one. When we center our lives around Jesus and who he is rather than centering our lives around that imperfect guy or girl. So as we close tonight, maybe, maybe you've looked for that relationship to give you an identity. Maybe you've allowed that guy or that girl, that relationship that you're in to define who, what you're worth to determine your value. Maybe you've made that the center and every only thing that you think about and you've created an idol out of that relationship. I want you to know that there is hope tonight. And I wanna encourage you to take your focus and your attention and stop placing those things that that person can never meet for you and rather place them on the one that created you, that loved you, that defines who you are that tells you what you're worth and that ultimately wants what's best for you. And it starts, maybe if you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus as Savior, it starts there. And then as you're allowing God to show you his love for you, as you're allowing him to redefine and reshape your perspective, then maybe the healthiest thing that you can do during that time is just not date. You being single does not mean that there's something wrong with you. In fact, you being single allows the time for God to shape your heart and to create you and make you into who he desires you to be so that you're in the best place possible for when that relationship comes your way. Because until we reshape our perspective and center our lives around who Jesus is and, and look to that relationship to do what only Jesus can do, then we'll continue to struggle in our relationships. But if we'll allow God to define us, if we'll allow God to tell us what we're worth, then we'll be ready when that relationship comes and we won't be looking to that guy to define us or that lady to tell us what we're worth because we'll already understand what Jesus says about us. Let's pray together. God, I thank you for every student in this room. God, there are some that are experiencing the best that you want for them in relationships. And God, I thank you for that. God, I thank you for students in the room that you and your grace and your power, you have helped them reshape their perspective and center their lives around you and find their identity and their value in you. 
But God, I know that there are a lot of students in the room who have looked to that person, that individual who have tried to find their significance and allowed somebody to determine what they're worth. God, I pray that they would experience the hope that you offer. God, that you would reshape their thinking, that you would, God, take their eyes off of that person and turn them to you. And that they would discover that you are the one that they need to center their lives around. God, I pray that you would bring healing. God, I pray that you would bring hope to so many relationships that right now may not be broken, but God, they're heading that way. And so God, may you bring hope, may you bring restoration. And God, may we experience your best because we look to you to do what only you can do. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.